I try to always record with a blurry face, Andrew. I don't know what he's talking about. If we're, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I can control that. I am going to try to make sure that I'm recording out of my microphone and not out of my... Welcome back to Dungeons and Designers. Today we're doing something a little different, which again I feel like we begin every episode with. <laughs> but because of some uh, conflict in our scheduling, we can't play D and D this week. And then I was talking to Zach because over in the M of One Network Slack, which you can join going through M of One dot Network, mm -hmm. I believe that's the website. Um, it'll be a link in the description. But over there, people were talking about how nervous they were to start DMing and all the things that could come up with that. So I was like, Zach, let's record just like what we did to start DMing. I know you're really new at it. My first mm -hmm. DMing was on this show. And yeah. uh, then we were just talking about like how we don't know everything and how more perspectives is important. So then mm -hmm. we reached out to Andrew Kolb, who was on our show already. Uh, he played a robot on, on our second campaign a little while ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. You also wrote Neverwinter a was it 5e setting how do you how oh yeah never, yeah neverland neverland no did i say never winter that's <laughs> terrible uh too much D. &D. <laughs> i was gonna say the difference being kind of like an owned ip versus a public domain uh property so <laughs> arguably, please don't come and sue me <laughs> arguably more fun though uh Perfect. i own your book it's right behind me um i think my brother has it now so we're all big fans of your work and you're also very um, within the M of One Network community. So we reached out to you, and it's been great. We got on this recording. So what mm -hmm. we did was we just put out a whole bunch of questions to the M of One Network Slack, and they quickly got back to us. Um, I will say these questions all came from Master of One patrons. So That's right. Thank mm -hmm. you. For, so you can yeah. join their Patreon. Uh, we'll put a link in the description because I don't have it offhand. But I'm sure you can yeah. get it on mof1.network on their website. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So first, let's just give like a little intro if we can, just to like what our experiences are with RPGs and how how we've been DMing. Like how many games have you, not games, but like how many groups have you played in or years uh, I can start. I started playing Dungeons and Dragons third and a half edition in high school, then took a Whoa. long break while going to college and losing all my D&D friends, and <laughs> then started up again with 5e, and then I started DMing for this show a year and a half ago, maybe? Has it been that long already? I think yeah. it's been. I think yeah, it's almost right. two years. It was like, yeah. it's been like a big COVID project, and COVID just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Year and a half, two years, somewhere in there. All right, uh... Zach, you want to go and then we'll follow up with Andrew? Sure, because mine's pretty short and sweet. I wasn't allowed to play D&D growing up, as probably a lot of people from the 80s and early 90s can attest to. And I always wanted to, just generally being a nerd and being into fantasy and video games. Um, and as you get older, the idea of having a group of people to get together for two hours and pretend to be... <laughs> turtles dwarves and aliens dwindles dramatically and so until will graciously invited me to join dungeons and designers along with courtney my co-host on creatoring i had never actually played D, D before and i didn't get into dming until you couldn't dm that episode and i needed to <laughs> fill in for the one shot 
And um, since so that was then, your first time. That was that your was first, first go behind the screen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that was the, also uh, all of our first times with a new system, Quest, right? That was the first yeah. time with Quest. Quest had actually only been out for about three months at that point, like the whole system. Right. And since then, um, I've played on the podcast and I have led a handful of campaigns at home with my wife and kids. And I usually cool. DM those. So that's my experience. Cool. Um, I did, didn't grow up with any sort of kind of tabletop role-playing games. I started with 5th edition with like the starter set as a player. Um, we played through that campaign and then that kind of fizzled out and, and I kind of took on the reins as DM and uh, basically not having enough of a group of like people who already played D&D &D mm -hmm. was like, oh yeah, okay, I've, I've played this. So I feel like that's given me a leg up of just like, five people who have never done this before trying it out. But uh, essentially, since then, I've, I've almost exclusively been a dungeon master. Um, have read a bunch of other systems, um, but because I think I feel most comfortable in 5th edition, that seems to be kind of where I where I tend to push people mm -hmm. towards if we if we try it out. And there's also kind of like the name recognition of like folks at least having a rough idea of, of what's going on. So yeah, that's, uh, that, yeah. That, that's two trends you brought up with DMing first, almost everyone gets into it out of like forced situation. <laughs> uh, I yeah. think all three of us just said like, we only DM because like I didn't have any of my friends and I started playing online and like you needed mm -hmm. to DM and Zach was forced yeah. because I couldn't do it. Uh, and then the second trend is I also have a stack of non-D&D books that I've never played, but have read through. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's much easier a... to tell people, like, hey, do you want to play D&D rather than, like, do you want to play Warhammer Fantasy? <laughs> like... <laughs> right, right. Although I do, I think, I, I think I benefit from it as, like, pulling stuff from those or, like, I, like, I just, you know, kind of just yeah. variety being the spice of life. But, um, yeah, so I think I've run four maybe five different groups now of like varying length like some kind of peter out and some kind of go strong and you never know which is going to be which um so i think one of my favorite inside baseball like secrets about master of one is that you guys have kept a game running based off of the one episode they recorded right yeah yeah. yeah, I think it kind of dipped and we kind of like went on pause for a while and then everyone was like, yeah, let's do this again. And then we just kind of started up again. So, yes, great example of me thinking, oh, that was going to be just like a one shot. Yeah. I, I will do some early kind of world building, but keep it lean just for the for the episode down, <laughs> scrambling to make it all come together. But yeah. that's, maybe that's for a question down the road. Uh, like I, yeah, was so worried yeah. about, I was worried about mentioning that, but Lauren brought it up in Drawing Board yesterday with Doc. So I was like, I think I'm okay to mention it here. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. we, I don't know if we, there's something that was going on for the patron members that was based off of the game or something for the game i think i saw that like a few more episodes yes. yeah, yeah that's right so, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah anyway yeah played a bunch of games mostly mostly dungeon master that's that's me but that that's like another thing too like that idea of like pausing and picking it up again especially as adults like we paused our campaign and then i told them i couldn't continue the one we were playing because i needed more time so like we're playing yeah. uh we're playing water deep now uh was it dragon heist water deep oh yeah and it's super fun but like yeah i just didn't have enough time to do like my home world because like that takes prep. <laughs> I was just like, let's yeah. try something new. All right. And did you mention that you wrote the book in your little bio there? Uh, no. Because that's so big. <laughs> like you, you created a tool that I've read through and I thought was all amazing. But like a tool dedicated to helping DMs run something new. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, totally the, different the, thought pattern. 
Yeah, the Neverland that I wrote uh, is kind of set up as like, this is going to be my quick pitch. I don't know if we'll do plugs at the end, but essentially it's as much of what I would need. Like, I think from running a bunch of games, I think I tried to design it as like, what would I need at the table or what would I want? So it's, there's like a lot of stuff going on, but at the end of the day, it's not like a novel you need to read to prepare. Like, I think you can kind of run it hopefully at the table, roll some dice and figure it out. Um, so yeah, I think it probably does benefit from some understanding of D&D just based on how it's written, but I would hope that the book can be a, pr- a practical resource for how you can run a type of game for uh, like at the table. Yeah, It definitely and felt like, setting agnostic. Like I could see oh, how you could right. use it. Like this That's is a great. dumb thing to say, but it's also like a real book. Like it's what? not like yeah. <laughs> you self-publish it through Amazon like I did a couple years ago. It like, has a little gold like bookmarker thing in it. <laughs> I can go yeah. to I can go to Barnes and Noble and pick it up. Yeah. It says there's one in stock at the local Barnes and Noble. So it's like a real book. <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard trying to explain to that. Not only that, oh, did I do this? But also, I mean like yeah, but it's like a real thing. Like just convincing people off the not off the street, but like family yeah. and distant relatives of what what this actually means. It, <laughs> it doesn't really land with them. So I appreciate you kind of trying to shine a light because I'm still I'm still working on it. And I'm sure at the end of this episode we'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely big fans here. Oh, thank you. All right. So I think I'm just gonna start going down questions. And what I think we can do is like maybe each give just like short answers, and then if we feel the need, we can like expound after. Um but we've got like two pages here, so let's just try to work through some of them. But yeah, let's feel there's freedom to expound if we need to. Okay. So, just like DMing. Just oh, oh the metaphors. Okay, <laughs> a little moose boosh. Continue. <laughs> so uh, the first one came in from Kreider Designs, K R E I D E R. I don't know their real name, and I don't know how to pronounce their fake name. Uh, but they said <laughs> when DM. <laughs> yeah, when DMing. Your... I think it's Sean. Is, is it Sean? Yeah. All right. Sean asks, when DMing your first campaign, what are the top three do's and don'ts? And maybe we could just toss in one each and we'll round out that. Uh, Angie, you want to start it off? Uh, Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if this is the right kind of like tone to start it off on. But I think just like accepting that it's not going to go perfectly. Like, I think you just accepting that something's going to go off the rails from what you expected. And that is okay. That's okay. It happens to everyone and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll go, um, it's almost on that same kind of tempo, but focus on fun rather than completely memorizing the rules. Like how many times Zach have we played and someone's tied and I'd be like, who does that tie go to every episode? (laughs) (laughs) Like there are rules I just can't memorize or like how much health does a potion give? Like there's time to figure those out. It's not going to go perfect. Like, just take your time with it and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, my first do is plan something. If it's oh, yeah. a yeah. quick map sketch, sure. we'll get into that more. I know there's more questions, but plan something. My first don't, I'll, I'll switch up and we'll do the don'ts this time. Don't hold on to that plan too tight. Oh, yeah. So plan something, but keep a loose grip on it. Yeah, I think there's a common theme with all three of those where it's like there will be some prep, but like don't freak out when that prep goes in the trash can. <laughs> like, yep. Cool. Is there any? I think if you, uh, all I was no. going to say was if yeah. you have, like if you have a road, then at least you can know that you're going off of it. Like I think if it really just kind of feels like, 
the fog of war that you just are wandering around, then I think that's where some people can kind of like clamp up or panic. But if you go, this is where I'm trying to get them and we'll take a detour and I'll, and now I have a purpose, which is to get them back onto the road. Like I think, I think that planning works well with being receptive to that kind of improvisation. Yeah. And I think especially when you first start out, it's way easier to hold on to something rather than go in blind. But like the more I do it, the more I plan less and less. I'm just like, I'll figure it out. Even like, and I see that uh, like bleeding into other things in my life where like even teaching, like sometimes <laughs> I'll show up and I'll be like, what class are we in? And they'll be like, type. I'm like, okay, like let's do it. <laughs> and like you, it's a good skill to get. It's like that kind of just um, improv, mm. which you can do. But like when you're first starting out like that, having some sort of map or some sort of uh, event list or some sort of book to hold on to is like so helpful. Um, that's great. Are there any other do's and don'ts that pop out? Um, yeah, I think one of my do's was to really, and and kind of talking about this kind of road and veering off is to embrace that kind of player agency. Like I think when we're talking about, we really have these things that we want the players to see or experience. I think either letting them getting there organically or being okay that maybe they won't get to it tonight is okay. Like I think if they really want to spend time and they're enjoying the time doing something else or really grilling the the baker that is just the baker then that's fine like if, if they really come away from it going oh we really stuck it to them then that's fine like that's <laughs> every, as long as everyone's having a good time then that's what yeah. matters that's the embracing the fun that you mentioned well that's that's so good like so we started playing dragon house recently and i mm-hmm. feel like because of that i hold it so much looser than like my own home world and like <laughs> the last two episodes because we're only two in but like the amount of banter that occurred and the amount of like actual play is like so <laughs> wildly different than like where I was like, keep going, keep the story going. And now it's just like, I want to go and find a bookstore. It's like, why? You're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. like, if they're having more fun with it, then like, why stop it? Like, and just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I will absolutely. put this little footnote to um, playing for a podcast totally different. is a lot different than playing at a table because there is just at the heart of it comes some necessary railroading if it's a time limit if it's story if it's plans whatever there's just some railroading that comes with it um i don't want to say do or don't do that but Oh, I would say maybe it would be better. Do not make a podcast like a when you're learning. Game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a do not. <laughs> my my other do not was kind of playing off of Andrews and just um, when you're talking about player agency and stuff and there is a just ginormous disregard for a core rule. I don't know what that would be, like a ability check or you're out of arrows or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it would be. Present it in a positive, challenging way, as opposed to you moron, you're, <laughs> you've shot all of your arrows, you know, right. Come about it. You can find a fun way to present it yeah. through creativity and improv and stuff. So come at it that way instead of brow beating. Yeah. I think with the, with the improv of like, yes, there's the yes. And, but I think the other side of it is the like, no, but so going like, mm-hmm. no, you can't fire this uh, bow because you don't have any more arrows, but there's this spear lying on the ground. That, I mean, like, what do you up to you? But like, there's like, you have options, but just that one that you've chosen 
isn't right. an option. So look at the other kind of routes. I was just listening, you know, within the last month or two, uh, a podcast about D&D. And they were talking about that, how all Twitter is like, D&D is yes and, yes and. And they're like, but the other half of improv is no but. Like, right. you need to say no sometimes. <laughs> and like yeah. when he said that, I was just like, it's the first time I had ever heard no but. I was oh, just like, okay, oh, yeah. that makes so much more sense. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. how do you just say yes to everything? Like, it, nothing goes anywhere then. And like, it would, conflict yeah. is important. <laughs> Right. Um, we'll get in. There's a question later on something like, how do you not let one player take over the adventure? And I think it kind of goes into that. If you just yes and no one's going to have fun like that one person thinks they're going to get ahead and have more fun, but everyone else is going to drop off. Yeah. And if everyone's not having fun, it just puts such a crappy fog over everything. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can have fun all the time. We'll get into that more. Well, go ahead. What's the next question? All right. First, I'm going to... This gonna, one's from Sean too, right? Yeah. Same question from Sean, but I'm going to try to refocus my camera because okay. don't record with a blurry face. <laughs> if we're, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I can control that. I am going to try to make sure that I'm recording out of my microphone and not out of my headphones. The second question. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you give some tips on how to cut through minutiae and tedious stuff? What is really important mm. in the game and what can bog first time players down? Examples are like, do we really have to think about food and water? Or can we just blanket rule that as functionally living beings? Um, or like weight, especially with coins. So like how much mm. of the stuff do you guys hand wave? Or what rules do you guys hyper focus on? Yeah, Zach, what do you what do you think? Um, I can write the weight question is right off. Can I also add one to- can I add one thing for you? Yeah, yeah. I would love your thoughts, especially because you DM for kids a lot. And yeah. like, how do you handle this stuff with, with children? Because I know a lot of people on like M of one have kids and a lot of people who are DMing mm-hmm. like want to play with their kids. I don't have kids, so like <laughs> Yeah. We keep it at least for like the size and the weight of things they want to carry. Like, could that fit in an actual backpack? And so like, say they want to pick up a giant rock. I'm like, well, how would you carry a rock in real life? And I make them act out and stand up and show me what it looked like to carry a rock. I'm like, okay, you can do that. But now both of your hands are stuck like this. You're carrying this huge rock. You know, does the rock fit in your backpack? Maybe, but you could fall over. And um, so it's more of like actually getting them to (laughs) realize what they're thinking about. But you get your players to say no for you. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, as far as like roles and everything, um, we played one, uh, role playing system called not stuff fables, no thank you evil. And there are these tokens that every character gets. And I've even brought them into quest and D and D that we've played together, like tiny dungeon, where it's called some pick a dumb name. You can call it whatever you want. I think I call them awesome points or something. And when one of the characters does something awesome that I want to encourage, does well in a puzzle, helps the other player out, uh, helps an NPC out in a creative way, I'll give them these little tokens and say my son misses on a roll while his mom and sister can toss in an awesome coin, come up with a way that they help him. Maybe they throw a rock to distract the monster and I'll adjust the rolls that way just to make it so that makes sense yeah it's similar so to i'm how, not like locked on to those it's kind rules. of similar how inspiration works 
Yeah. A little bit more free formed, but like that kind of roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have to waste a bonus action or yeah. do anything. And it's totally up to my discretion if they get the points or not. So then the way I approach this question, um, skip all rolls that aren't 100% necessary. Uh, a lot of DMs are always just like, roll the dice. And like players like rolling dice, so don't do everything. But like if they're trying to like traverse a river and them failing doesn't cause some outcome that could change the story, just like let them cross. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything has to be a challenge. And then I wrote, uh, only simulate what the table wants. Like when I play D&D as a player, I count arrows. The DM Ooh. does not make everyone count arrows, but like I enjoy that nitty gritty of like, yeah. how many rations do I have and how many arrows do I have? Um, I'm trying to, I don't have my journal on me, but somehow I'm the money <laughs> record yeah, keeper. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I like keeping track of the coins. I don't know. That's why. a minutia. We don't, we don't weigh our coins, but we sure count them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then this, the last thought on this was like D&D is a rules heavy system. It's got like a lot of history and there are new games that remove that. So like if your players or yourself just aren't into all of those little tiny like things to remember, then like you could explore things like uh, we talked about quests and tiny dungeon. They're just like rules light versions that could make it easier. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what are your thoughts with like kind of minutia of play? Yeah, I think I tend to, so I, I agree with both your points in that um, kind of like using logic or practicality helps cut through some stuff. And also just kind of like reading the players helps too. Um for me, it's usually like not narrative driven, but essentially kind of like, is this interesting to anyone? Like if if someone is like so on at a at a campfire or you know, they go into town to shop, I will ask the players, like, is there something specific you want to do with this downtime or is there something specific you're looking for? Otherwise, if they're just kind of like going through the routine. Now I'm also playing with players who uh who have played a while. Um, but I think even with new players, if they ask, I will go, Oh, I mean like assume that your kind of like basic needs are met what what are you doing above and beyond that you specifically want to engage with and then we'll kind of like touch on that it's i don't know i think it's kind of like informed by like movies or books where it's like obviously not each page is talking about how they spent every minute so kind of like gloss over stuff that no one's interested in well yeah well yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i think some D &D groups are trying to recreate that i'm not (laughs) so right uh, but uh Wizards put out uh, that Frost Maiden, that the winter themed set, right? Yeah, and like oh, that yeah. is all about like count your rations, survive storms, make sure you have the right clothes. So like, if you're playing a game, you have to. But you're right, like most players don't want that. <laughs> like most right. players don't want a gritty survival um, experience. They want to do what they see in the movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, so admittedly, like how I designed Neverland hopefully can allow for both types of play like because it's a a wild and dangerous island you can walk around and like worry about oh where is our next meal coming from and hunt or if you want to if you're playing D&D and you have a bunch of rations in your bag you figure it out or you you say okay this this night you you look for this and you find crabs on the beach and you everyone's full and everything's fine but if if everyone is interested in that then gloss over it like the just skip the minutiae um kind of give the give the quick highlights or the information that the group needs like you're all rested all health is back Next day, what do you want to do? Like, then no one complains. And if someone does, then listen to what they want. Yeah. Maybe not give it, maybe not give them that, but like, like, I guess, listen to, do they, do you want to spend more time looking up or counting arrows? Then that's fine. Then give them, give them that space to do that. Yeah. I I think everything we say today on this little video 
and kind of building off what you just said, like that might change over a campaign or over multiple sessions, right? Like maybe your players, I know like a lot of people I play D&D with, they're seeing it as a video game. So like, I don't want to worry about rest. I don't want to worry about food. Like I just want to kill everything. But like those players eventually get bored of that. And they're like, what else can I do in D&D? And then they find out like anything, (laughs) like you can do anything. So like campaigns evolve, right? And there's no right or wrong way to allow that to happen. But we talked about like not holding on to things too tight. And I think counting arrows could be one of those things or counting food rations <laughs> could be one of those things. Um, any last minute little minutia things you guys want to cover? We've got so uh, many more questions. Yeah, I don't know if we're getting through all. We're definitely this. not getting through them. <laughs> Maybe we can have you back for a round two later. Um, I'd be honored. Thank you. All right. Uh, so Mav Trav, anyone know their real name? Math trap it is. Wait, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna guess. No, that's not. That's not fair. That's it. <laughs> Tra- Travis Thompson. Travis, is that a guess or is that it? That's that is his profile name and the M of one. Perfect. Slot. Yeah, that's too specific to be a guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, how much is planned and how much is off the cuff? We've talked about this a little bit, but like, yeah. When you're talking about, let's not talk about a whole campaign. Let's talk about like a session specific. Like you're gonna see your friends tonight. You're going to play. How much planning do you guys do? Um, I, yeah. I can tell you what I do in Quest. Sure. Uh, so the Quest system, and I think this is in D&D too, you at least buy decks of cards that will help you. But in Quest, I have an item deck, a uh, NPC deck, and a monster deck. And usually what I'll do for each session is I'll take two or three of the item deck cards different levels of rarity and powers and stuff two or three monsters and one or two npcs and then one big bad who's overrunning the whole thing and depending on which direction they go or how silly or creative they're being i'll pull out like and this gets into a question later maybe we can skip from jonathan sorry jonathan you and travis's questions are coming together about decision trees but um Sometimes what will happen is my son wants to fight and my daughter and wife want to keep exploring. I'm like, are you sure, dude? He'll go into the bush. Now he's got to fight a goblin by himself. And I just referenced that card. I didn't plan to put the goblin in that bush, but I'm ready for it. So at least that's how I get ready for games of quest. Sure. Andrew, what do you got? Um, I mean, most of my games are set in Neverland right now, so I'm cheating in that, like... You prepped writing... so much. I prepped so hard for, like, a year <laughs> and a half, and then now I do nothing. So, but, I mean, I guess what it is is, like, because I... So, I guess more practical uh, help or uh, resources. Like, at the end of a session, I will ask kind of, like, what the group, what they roughly want to do next time to mm-hmm. give me a starting point mm-hmm. um, to see if I need to prep you know, like rooms in a dungeon or NPCs in a village, like to know kind of where they're headed. Um, But beyond that, it's just kind of knowing kind of major things that are happening around. And then if they stumble into that, then it happens. And like anything, if you prep something and they don't go to it, it might come back a month later and then it's useful again. So no prep is ever wasted. Um, if it you just, don't tell them, they'll never know. I know that's that true. so many times for the podcast. <laughs> we're just like, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's pretty much it is, is I talk to the group before the end of the session to figure out what's happening next. So I have a starting point, but then the rest is all reactive to what they do. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm very similar to that where, um, 
I only enjoy world building. Like all the rest of DM <laughs> does not interest me at all. But what that allows is like I'll build a city. I'll think of culture things. Keep think of like major spots and like things that are happening either politically or environmentally. And then when the players enter, they just like usually have the choice of like where do you guys want to go. Like you know what you're looking for, and I've placed it in the city somewhere. Like what are the next steps? There's definitely part of that though where it's like, especially with campaign two where they like, they have a spaceship, they can go anywhere. It was just like, all right, guys, like, what are you thinking? <laughs> the ship is because I can't prep every planet. Like, where are we going? Um, <laughs> right. Which I don't think breaks immersion. I don't think that's too like railroady. It's like just like give me a thought, guys, and we can like figure this mm-hmm. out later. Uh, usually, and those times we don't pause and freeze on you, you can actually help us the next time. Well, yeah, and I think there's a lot <laughs> of it where like two weeks later, because we usually play every two to three weeks. It's like I'll remind them what they told me. <laughs> Yeah. right and they're like oh yeah that does like and it helps kind of like re-jostle memory of what happened last like these little touch points because two weeks in between is hard sometimes yeah um, i think that's all great and we will get back to uh jonathan's and just like recap that a little bit um yeah. Trav also asks what do you do to coax role-playing out of some players uh i gave a terrible answer so we'll start with that I don't. Uh, some people just hate role playing, and like if they don't want to do it, I'm okay with that. That doesn't mean that other people can't. You know, you can have people who are just like talking in third person. People are talking in first person, and it's totally fine. Um, but I would love to hear your guys' thoughts because I'm like so free at my table. It's just like if you don't want to role play, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair, Zach. What do you do? Um, I haven't had a problem of people not wanting to role play. Again, they're eight, right. ten, and I won't say my wife's age because I don't know how she feels about that. Um, but I have appreciated the way Will handles it and not forcing it, and just kind of opening up the board for those who want to to do it. And I feel like, well, it depends on the game. Sometimes the people who want to role play went out, and sometimes people who don't went out. I tend to lean towards the people who do want to role play and do the end character banner and chat and everything. And uh, sometimes I can win Dan over and Dan will join me in role playing. That's like a big thing. Like Dan didn't role play at all first campaign, like at Mm -hmm. all. He was just like, I'm going to min max and I'm going to do how I play D and D. And then you guys wanted to role play really like a ton. And then Dan has slowly like this kind of 2.5 campaign we're doing like Dan's role playing a ton. And mm-hmm. some days, like, I've had days where, you, like, you've gone on and, like, because we have a podcast, we can't not play. Like, we have it. We're like, we got to play this week because yeah. we need content. And there's been weeks, like, I hope this is not too personal. Like, you were just, like, not into it. Oh, well, yeah. Just wasn't feeling it. Just wasn't yeah. feeling it. And, like, your role playing yeah. is, like, gone. It's like, but that's okay. Like, we can mm-hmm. keep the game going. We'll make fun of you and we'll get past it. <laughs> and it was still fun. For sure. <laughs> I think that's a thing. And um, I don't want to step on your toes, Andrew, before you get a chance to answer. But I don't think role playing is necessary let, let, let's maybe we should break down that minutia if someone's listening and only knows what D means when we say role playing we're not talking about put like playing a character we're talking about the extra fluffy stuff people put on top well, so that's wait that's a good you and i are talking about that for sure i don't yeah. know if andrew's going to right yeah no i think my answer moves because i think what we're talking about with role playing is like specifically speaking in a voice or yeah uh, maybe like inhabiting like taking on the role as opposed to uh a kind of a third person distance the, from the character like i am the character as opposed to i'm yeah. playing 
this character. Yeah, maybe I'm it's not the, the best one to describe. I shoot my bow and arrow versus my character shoots a bow and arrow. Right. And that also has levels too. Like I shoot my bow and arrow is very different from uh, like, I don't know, speaking as the character and reciting <laughs> what they say as they release the yeah. the the bolt um yeah and, and maybe that's also my answer kind of moved to not moved away from that but i think i was focusing more on uh the question specifically mentions like shy players mm-hmm. and so i i was even just kind of going a step back and looking at it going like how do i get like engagement out of shy players and for me that's just kind of being intentional and asking like if they're not if if three or four players are specifically all contributing thoughts, I will take a moment to ask the, the fifth player, what do, what do you think? And if they go, sounds good to me, then I'm not going to push that in the same way that I wouldn't push role playing. Like, I think I just want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to have their voice heard. And if that voice is in a, in a crazy cadence, then more power to you. But uh, Except yeah, asterisks. Yeah. Zach wanted to play a Kenku, and I said, you cannot do Kenku voices. <laughs> like, we're not having it. <laughs> gotcha. Each table is unique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kenku. Even in, in the D&D book, Kenku, like, there's an asterisk. It's like, this voice can be really annoying. Talk to your DM. And I was like, we're talking. The, wow. the only wow. other time The only other time Will gave me that direction was when I wanted to play a turtle. And he said, you cannot talk slowly. <laughs> We got. I like you. Just knew what I was going to do. It was all right. All right. Real quick, just quick answers. What are the best snacks while playing? I think the best snack always is pizza. Mm. I'm going chicken tendies. <laughs> yeah, and I I really have like a snack free table. My answer was water, only because as the DM, I'm just like I gotta oh, stay hydrated, yeah, keep my yeah. voice fresh. So, I know I said quick answers. So you're no snacks. No beer, no just uh, just playing. The I game. think I've 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 been at lots of tables that are that, and then I will obviously contribute snacks. But I think right now I'm playing a lot of online, so I think oh. for me at my table, like yeah. at my desk, I never have any snacks. I'll yeah. see my players like munching on stuff, sure. but uh, I, know, def- I got I got too much to do. As a DM, I definitely eat less. I have like Lacroix mm. or soda or some water. But yeah, I, I'm juggling like three books. I'm like, no it's just like no room at your spot at the table for snacks. <laughs> Except uh, when players are just doing silly role play stuff. I'm like, cool, snack time. <laughs> oh, great. That's great. Uh, what are things a DM needs that may not be obvious? One of the big misconceptions is that you need a lot. And like you, everything you need is online for free. Like dice rollers, the basic rule sets of these things. Oh, yeah. Um, but maybe we should think like, what, what are things that you use that, that make it easier? Oh yeah. My answer, I don't know if I, cause thinking about this, I don't know if this really helps the, no, go uh, for well, it. Go for my, my, my answer is like a willingness to read the room. I went, really went abstract with the assignment. <laughs> Interpersonal. So, like, I, I like it. <laughs> really outside the lines. Yeah. These are soft I think skills. And yes. So I think that's really it is I think a lot of people really focus on, maybe I shouldn't say that. I think. I read a lot of this is the like hardware or the material or these are the things to click on click on to make it work. But I think for me, I think if you're reading the room and going, people are getting bored, we need to get out of this space, or one person is doing a lot of the talk. I think we kind of we'll talk about this later, but like if one person is doing a lot of talking and other people are disengaging, then you're kind of the one who's responsible for steering the ship towards mm. everyone having fun. Like everyone is still responsible in their own degree, but you're still kind right. of the, the captain. So I think that's one thing that I really wasn't prepared for at first was kind of almost that. Re- I think, it, yeah, really just that responsibility yeah. to go like, oh, I need to be the one to speak up and say, 
this isn't like let's move on from this or something like maybe not that harsh but like i think essentially you're the one who is is helping everyone get to where they want to go yeah no like the dice and the books are the easy part but definitely that like interpersonal how do i read the room is something i'm learning continuously <laughs> yeah. and i'm i'm relearning now that i'm using someone else's book because like when it was mine, I just be like, cool, we're skipping and I'll just make up something. We'll be fine. But now I'm like, I haven't read that far, guys. Like, you've got <laughs> right. to do this part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, yeah, f- figuring it out, even like to th- what you were saying there, we got to a part in a couple episodes that they were shorter because like we ran out and I knew like the fun was like lowering. I was just like, cool, guys, like, let's call it a night. And like, we'll call it like 45 minutes early. It's totally fine. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather do that than again, like drag out through every single little bit of the book. Mm, Andrew coming in with a deep answer. <laughs> Mine was just going to be a binder with pockets. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a great button on the question. Cause I also think that's very useful. Like I, I think I'm also skimming over the fact that I'm a very organized DM who has lots of tabs open already prepared ahead of time. <laughs> but I think I also, when I forget that stuff, then I, then I fall back on, on, we're all just a bunch of humans around a table. Yeah. Yeah. No one, yeah, players have as much importance to make the experience fun as the DM, right? So, like, just making sure everyone's participating. I do want to hark on the importance of dice and not just (laughs) becoming a dice goblin, but one of the earliest gaming artifacts we have is a dodecahedron from, I think it's from maybe even early Egypt, if not before Egypt, like they found twenty sided dice. Oh, cool! Like in Pharaoh's tombs Bunch and in of graves nerds. around. Yeah, so get some good dice. That's <laughs> that's it. All right. Next question: uh, How do you not let one player take over the adventure? I've had this issue with co op board games. I feel like I shouldn't answer this because I'm always worried that I'm the one taking over at least the game we play. Well, yeah, and I can start just context of listeners of the show. Um, Zach has talked about that. My brother has talked about that. And so has Courtney, uh, which means there have been episodes where <laughs> none of them are doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's going to happen. Like there are going to be personalities that just take over the table. Sometimes I use NPC sometimes, or I'll just like directly like break the fourth wall and ask direct questions of the people who might feel, I do that with Courtney a lot. Cause Courtney's just a little bit more of a subtle person. I'm just like, Let's talk to Courtney. Uh, the last clip we put on Instagram was Courtney talking about her turtle race. And mm-hmm. like, that's because like that episode, she was just like a little quieter. So it's like, let's like focus on her for a bit because she's not being able to pull that herself. Um, but yeah, Andrew, what are you thinking? Like with that? Yeah, I think uh, so a very practical thing I try to do is if, especially if one person is like, I want to go off and do this thing on my own. And this is something that I've picked up from uh, another kind of uh, dungeon master is essentially allotting the amount of time to the group, uh, like the number of players in that group. So if it's four, if it's four going off one direction and one person going off the other direction, if you spend two to three minutes with the one person, then you're spending two to three minutes times four. So I guess eight to 12 minutes. Um, And I think, I think it can start to cause conflict, but I think then that also opens up the door to say like, well, I mean, like you're on your own and the group is over here. So there's naturally going to be more time spent with what this group is doing. Um, or you also just like a straight up have a conversation if this is always the same person. Like, I think I'm really lucky that I've very rarely had long-term groups that do this, but um, I think this is also where the interpersonal stuff comes in. You have a conversation. I would also say like outside of the game and 
one-on-one, like not with anyone else there, just to be like, hey, I think this is something I'm noticing. Do you feel the same way? How are you feeling? And then just kind of like talking about it. Um, do you? But do, that's that's the big thing. Go do ahead. you do yeah, any sorry. like um, play by text in between sessions ever? Uh, rarely. Sometimes, if something crucial is happening and players are missing something, then I will kind of will will essentially kind of like talk about what they tried to do while okay. they're away. Um, but it, uh, yeah, not that often. I also try to set up the games, and I think maybe the players also feel like, oh, if I miss this week. Something interesting will have happened, but I will get back in in sure. two weeks. So, yeah, I've been yeah. lucky. How about you? I've, I have never done that. Um, oh, okay. But I've also never had players who are like, one wants to go off on their own. Like, Oh, I think living the dream. <laughs> well, I think it's just like a standard I set where it's like, you're a party. Like, we're going to do a goal together. Don't be frustrating. But right. Dragon, uh, Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, whatever that book is called that I'm playing through now, um, there's like each player can join a faction and then each person can like do a little business thing, which then all of a sudden you are like hyper-focusing on individuals. So I'm, right. I've been tossing around in my head like doing that through Discord and then doing a recap at the beginning of the next session of just like, what did you get, each of you guys do? Just so that we're not spending like the first hour of like, what did you do with your shop this week? One person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't done it so I figured I'd ask (laughs) yeah so I'm working on oh sorry go ahead sorry sorry. I was just going to say the podcast and the podcast idea was such a good idea for our main yeah yeah, that'd be neat Mm -hmm. Um, so and to that to the like the business stuff like I'm so my the next book that I'm working on is Oz uh, like the land of Oz as a setting so it's more like a more like an urban setting and and essentially what I'm trying to prepare for is when everyone says, okay, we're between adventures. I want to go do this. I want to work for a baker. I want to hone my swordmanship skills and so on. Um, So how I've been trying to design it is essentially all these tasks take a week. And then essentially it's just like, what do you do with your week? And then we just kind of like talk about that pretty briefly. Um, Again, because you don't want one person to be spending 30 minutes talking about right. how they're selling cookies. But you also <laughs> want to make sure that they feel like, oh, I've made some money from selling these cookies. Like there's still a kind of an action and a consequence to it. So And players um, each have like these individual needs. Like right. that player might need to tell you what kind of cookies they sold. Right. <laughs> like, and that's just, fine. How do you manage it? Yeah. And that's where they've got that chunk of time, yep. like that dedicated like downtime. That's where we're going to focus on that. And then hopefully when you all come back together after the week, someone has a bonus, someone's made some money, someone's, I don't know, upset a guild, who knows, but then you come <laughs> back together and do something else. So uh, yeah, I think it's okay if someone wants to spend time alone, but I think just making sure that you as the the DM are responsible and not giving them 100% of the time. Yeah, I like the uh, I would almost call it the Fire Emblem Three Houses tactic. I don't know if y'all have played that, but that's, I know of it. But no, how does that's it work? A, it's basically literally what you just said, in that you have your quest on certain days. It, there's even a calendar in there because it's based around the school you're teaching at. Oh yeah, and then yeah. During the week, you assign lessons to the characters in your party, and it's even just those baking, sword fighting. Uh, metalworking and they go and do those and then at the end of the calendar week there's an update on everybody with the progress and experience points they've received and everything cool i mean i gotta play this game and hopefully not get sued by nintendo for (laughs) clearly doing something very similar (laughs) no and it's been in other games you know it feels like a staple of role-playing video games so done well it's exciting to hear it in a great yeah 
uh, I'm going to push us forward a little bit. Yeah, uh, great. Not cool. Oh, is this, Lauren? this is Lauren Rubin's question. Uh, host of well, co-host of Masters of One. Uh, what are some of some good resources for beginner DMs? I feel like she's the host and Andrew and Patrick are the co-hosts. Right? <laughs> uh, yes. It's getting there. Uh, so I just put in my answers two YouTube channels and I guess they both have pod. No, WebDM. So WebDM is one of them. It's run by two guys, Jim and Pruitt. And they just tackle like things like we're talking about, like weird issues around the table as well as just like D&D news. But a lot of it is that like interpersonal, like how do you keep the game fun? Um they both so both of mine I'll, I'll sum that up later but like yeah youtube channel it'll be a link in the description they also have a podcast uh, and then the second one is matthew matthew colville who runs a company based around D accessory like books uh like kingdoms of warfare and all these things but uh i love him because he's got a very like rooted in traditions but also understanding that the game is changing so i don't know his views and i just align perfectly <laughs> but uh both of them he had a game like how to run the game series where it was like 70 something videos of just like here are all the things I think about when running a game. Um, there are 70 videos in that. I mean, like I've been following I, along I think, the whole time. I can't believe I've watched 70 videos. I could it. be wrong. So, and they stopped like a year ago because he was like, I right, ran out of things. And they're far fewer because I think they have really started know. up again, but they're not as okay. frequent. That's maybe not sure. 70. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm over exaggerating, but well, that's okay. It still it feels like a ton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, those two video series have just taught me a ton. What was that? Uh, digital magazine you were getting. So he at yeah, Arcadia and that his com- yeah. his okay. company publishes it through their Patreon. Yeah. Uh, just support all creators through their Patreon. <laughs> yes. It's the, the future. It was the past. Now it's the future. <laughs> Zach, right. what did you what did you have for resource? Um, this is more of a D and D directly related uh, resource. I haven't found a lot of. There's some quest players on YouTube, but it's still such a new system. There's not a lot of folks talking about it, quick reviews, but I really like the channel XP to level three. It's a little sillier. They have their own. It's 100% uh, sillier. Yeah. (laughs) So much sillier, but they're, they're funny. They're well-produced. What's the main guy's name? Caleb. Um, I probably shouldn't have even guessed at a name because it sounds right though. He looks like a Caleb. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but you're 100% yeah, I sure right hope good. his name is Caleb. <laughs> and um, He'll never hear this. <laughs> yeah, they've got guides for classes, you know, breaking up by classes. But all of it uh, very comedy-based, right? Like, it's all yeah, yeah. where mine are very dry. Totally. This, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. This is way fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some good just player tips, too. Because if you're yeah. DMing and you've never played before, I recommend you watch player videos just to get some ideas of what the other side looks like. No, interesting. What yeah, you got, that's Andrew? a good point. Uh, I wrote down a site called, I think it's Donjon, uh, although I don't know if it's a soft J, but and it, essentially if you type in D-O-N-J-O-N and then a random table. Yeah, it's a really great, like anytime I'm like random city generator, random something, it always seems to go back to that site. So I think I really use that as either on the fly something, like on the fly magic shop items or on the fly, just like, well, you know, I need to be like quick. Random or, dungeon creators too. We're just like, I need yeah, a dungeon. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I think uh, just as a resource of going, oh, I need 
X, then then usually that will help generate it. And even if you're planning ahead, I think I will often use that of like, oh, the night before I will type up these items or I'll loosely sketch my dungeon mm-hmm. based off of one mm-hmm. of the, the randomly generated templates and then you tweak. But uh, most I usually of the take stuff his is random there. and I cut half of it. I'm like, we'll never get through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think all of my character names have come from this site. Dungeons oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, Donjon's so good. That's a really good. And that link will be in the description for sure. Okay, we've got quite a few from Jonathan Cutrell, but I think we're running up on time. And I've got personal questions I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Jonathan, I'm sorry. I think he's going to be on our show really soon because I've been talking to him. So We got his decision tree question. Uh, style the game appropriate. We'll, uh, don't be don't be a jerk. We'll get and... more questions and we'll do a round two <laughs> with his. But, yeah, uh, that sounds great. Andrew, so one question I have for you that I did not prep you for. I'm sorry. And if you need time, we can take a little pause. <laughs> yes, and or no, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but you say you finished Neverland uh, over a year and a half ago, right? At this point, it was almost two yeah. years ago. Yeah. And you've been DMing oh, this. Yeah. Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I? Am I? <laughs> no, I'm, no, I was just thinking, right. It came out last year, but I was also finished it well before that. So you're, yeah, you're absolutely and right. And there was years of work on it. Like a year yeah, ago, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago when you started that. And now you're starting Oz. Have mm-hmm. Has that years of DMing changed how you're writing this book, do you think? Like, are there things that you've learned since even using your book? Uh, yes. So I think, um, I think, well, so yes, in that like, Oz is really like city and urban based sure. because Neverland is so kind of like wild and and kind of like untamed. So I think that's one part. But I think as far as actually running the game, I, I will say one thing that I've changed in the book is I've set up certain characters almost like boss battles, if that makes sense. So setting it up more like, oh, there are like different phases, essentially like different phases to fighting this character. And then after this much HP drops, then this happens like very video game based. But that sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, but I think it's really driven by when I've been running campaigns, when they've come to a kind of like a big climactic finale, I always feel like it's deflated or like just something doesn't quite connect the same way. So that's where I'm trying to like change that with how I design certain characters in Oz. So that's that's one way. Yeah. 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 I think playing your old book and seeing and learning and then adapting is so smart and that's really cool. And then um, my second question, I think we can finish with this one for everybody if if a new DM was going to come up to you and they were asking you for like, what should they run for their first session? What would you recommend material or system? I can start. I'm a, sure. I'm a really big fan of the starter set from D and D. Um, they wrote it in a way where it just walks you through all the different things you need to handle where it'll be like, here's your investigation check. Here's like combat. Here's exploration. Here's, uh, personalities of your NPCs and stuff. Um, so for me, we did that. We ran the, that for our first two episodes. And I think it taught me a lot of like, oh, this is how D&D is supposed to be run. And now I'm doing Dragon Heist and I'm learning again, like, oh, this is how more advanced D&D is supposed to be run. Um, gotcha. But they both felt like they were, they were like partnering with you to, to tell a story. Um, Right, like not hand-holding, but definitely yeah. supporting and saying, we know that this is the situation you're in, so we're going to give you a little bit extra or not right. make assumptions the same way. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and, Zach, what do you think? Also, if your answer is oh. just like homebrew custom stuff, I would love to hear that too. 
<laughs> um, I'm going to totally go a different direction from Will. I think if you've never played a tabletop or listened to a podcast or watched one, but you you've better have listened to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> grab a one sheet RPG sure. uh, from drive in games, preferably one by Grant Howitt and Crash just pandas? play honey heist <laughs> crash pandas. It, just one of those. They're all and crash pandas. You are a raccoon who knows how to drive a car and you're in a world where that's okay and normal. <laughs> And the way you roll your dice is how fast the car is going and which direction it's moving. Uh, it's a dream. So you're the more people like the more people are playing. There's one raccoon on the steering wheel, one raccoon on the gas, one on the brake and wherever the other one is. It's play that. It'll take three or four, two, three hours. So your focus is just like, done. how do I get people to have fun as quick as possible? Is yeah. And then go buy the essential kit. Sure. The D&D essential kit. Ooh, I haven't <laughs> bought that, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to play, uh, speaking of like one page RPGs, I don't know how many Sherlock Holmes it is, but I think it's like four Sherlock Holmes and a vampire. Yes. Uh, oh, and it's yeah. like everyone <laughs> really coming into the room trying to figure out who is that. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, if you look that up, I think that has similar energy yeah. to what you're just describing with Trash Pandas. That's what it's called. It's four Sherlocks and a it's vampire. It's four Sherlocks? Oh, nice. Yeah. Nailed it. Okay, Maybe great. that will be our next one off. That sounds oh. awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, because I think is everyone just like walking the room being like I've but I've determined this and then someone else goes ah but I've determined this and then you're all trying to like mm-hmm. Sherlock like one up each other as a Sherlock Holmes but also one of you is, it does uh, yeah anyway uh, can, uh, uh, can I interrupt real quick and just read the whole name of the actual game yes it's please for Sherlock Holmes and a vampire who is also one of the aforementioned Sherlock Holmes <laughs> thank you <laughs> and then Zach can you drop that in our notes so I can include it in the yeah. description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, although I will, I will say that's not quite my answer no, no, because no, no, I no, think no. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But I think um, I also haven't, I haven't run it, so I can't right. really, in good faith, recommend it. No, of course. Um, not. We're going to think. Do a fun I think section. the the starter set is a good recommendation if you've already played D anD D or like your group specifically wants to play in D anD I think like a semi system neutral like dungeon um, that I'd recommend is called Tomb of the Serpent King. Uh, I really hit the T on that serpent, but I, that, no. that's what it is. I've never um, experienced that or heard of it. It's uh yeah I think I don't know if it's a system agnostic dungeon but essentially it teaches I I th- so this is maybe kind of like a counterpoint to I think because a lot of people are coming into D&D because of like podcasts or uh critical role or things that are I think a little different from how play can be at home at a table like what we've talked about like kind of when you're making it for an audience compared to just like making it yeah. for each other um i think that that uh dungeon really kind of teaches like that it's not strictly about narrative or combat like it's about exploration it's about kind of like looking for like all these things that are kind of like staples of like kind of D or kind of yeah. fantasy based rpgs without uh without giving one or the other any more kind of emphasis so i think if you if your players roughly know D or you roughly know D or an, any other kind of system like that tomb of the serpent king would be what i'd recommend as like a teach your players to 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 uh, i don't know make decisions or like have agency like not just look for the tracks but but say oh i like this is what i want to do this is how i want to explore a dungeon that's so cool yeah can you share that link i'm so interested in learning <laughs> more about that um but yeah cool 
Thank you so I much, will, Andrew, yeah. for joining us. I appreciate Thanks for having me. You gave us a little bit more credibility. Um, <laughs> I, hope- but I also really rambled on to the point where we only got through a third of the questions. Don't so. worry. I, I'm so happy with how many questions we got. And we'll definitely do a round two. Andrew, hopefully you can join us. I'd be um, thrilled. Thank you. But yeah, and we'll open it up. Maybe we'll open it up to all of Masters of One, not just the patrons, and we can see what else there is. We need more questions. I feel like we're only we're barely getting through the ones <laughs> I think we got. We, I think we can use like four more. We can't, sure, we can't okay, give great. Jonathan his own episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair too. Good point. Good point. But we will be back next week with uh, a new episode of Dragon Heist. Hopefully, I think everything we have it on this the calendar this time. Uh, mm-hmm. So thank you again, Andrew. Where can we find you and your book? Um, my, my name is Andrew Kolb. So my <laughs> social media handle is Kolb is neat, uh, everywhere. Um, and that's also my website, which then links to Neverland where you can kind of find it elsewhere. But if you type in like Neverland, a fantasy role-playing setting, or even just like Neverland D and think hopefully enough links, I think Google will help me out a bit to point you there. Uh, and then I have a book about Oz, uh, as a, as a fantasy setting coming out next year. I don't know when yet, but still working on it. So many character drawings. It's what do I? Why do I do this to myself? But. <laughs> I'm excited. I ah, thank you. I'm looking forward to it too. I am I'm enjoying excited it. for yeah. the uh, 100 acre wood setting that's going to come out after. Oh yeah, is that Ooh. public domain or does Disney own? Does Disney own that? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Uh, uh, well, also, uh, go buy Andrew's. I didn't know you made this. this. Is why I'm excited. The piece a card game. Oh, that, thanks. Yeah, that's a fun game. My daughter and I like that game a lot. My, oh, great. Yeah, it's like it's like war, but with acts of kindness. Sorry, nice go ahead. No, my next cold purchase is going to be what was it? The uh, it was like the Halloween store like ads. Was that you? Am I getting that wrong? It was like yes. Oh, like my Necronomicon. Yes, your face. I was like, <laughs> am I mixing it up with somebody else? No, no, no. I just was like, what am I? What have I done? Yeah, no. <laughs> that, I did that, do that. That was so good. Oh, that thanks. would be a great role playing. Yeah, like you walk into a store. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, I'm very much into that. I got to finish Oz first. I can't think about it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Zach, where can we find you, bud? Uh, I am at ZS Wilkinson on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. And I'm Will yeah. Churin, and you can find me at Noble Folk Design on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys so much again for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you found this beneficial, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.